Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. It's the 99th episode. Let's go. 99 episodes of the Player Development Pod. This is the only interview of season four, and I had to go down to the home state of Texas, uh, to the city, to the city, the capital city, and give my guy. Kevin Washington to be on. Hey, me and Kevin have a uh we'll probably talk about it. We have we played against each other as uh young lads in Fort Ben ISD out in, Back in the day. Missouri City, Sugarland, Texas, out in H Town. So excited to have him on. Kev, let's go, man. 99th episode. 99th let's get it. episode, man. Bro, you right here knocking on the door of that hundred, fam. Hunted. Knocking on the door. <laughs> Hunted, hunted. So man, I'm excited to have you on. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally made it happen. Uh, you could tell uh, the listeners, our, our tribe, Beyond the Field tribe, who you are. Man, yeah. So like you said, Kevin Washington, uh, born in Mississippi, raised in Houston. Uh, shoot, I'm just a guy that loves to use the gifts that God has given and has tried to use those opportunities to the best of my ability in every area. And so that is now looking like player development, getting involved with the church, you know, getting to be a husband and a father. Like those are the things on my heart. I also really enjoy creativity and being creative. And so I'm always trying to create something that usually finds its outlet with opportunities for our players, but also in some Jordan ones too, which I know sounds really weird, but I got into Jordan ones like a little while ago, mainly for what they represent, but I absolutely love it. So you can find me kind of looking at some of those, seeing if it's in the budget to grab another pair um, or watching something on Miles Morales because Into the Spider-Verse also like, you know what I'm saying, set a boy off right there, but all that kind of creativity stuff, like that's me trying to get out, trying to stay active, move around and help our student athletes and anybody else, you know, as they discover their God-given potential and make sure they maximize every opportunity they get. So I'm not sure if that was a whole lot about me, but that's all I can think to say at the moment. No, I appreciate you, man. I, I you know, I want to go back to uh, our, our um, what they call it, our high school days. I was going to get the Letterman jacket, but it's, it, I don't want to get that hot. So I just decided to get uh, the letter yeah, itself. You don't move yeah. that around. High that, that's an age for huh? For huh? <laughs> what, what is so, that? I, I don't know if you want to delve into the story of uh, my Hightower Hurricanes and your Austin Bulldogs. Shout out to both uh, Fort Bend ISD High School. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, y'all was recruiting players. You know, we just, you know what I'm saying? We had the dudes in the backyard. We tried to make the best out of what we had. So I don't, no, I don't know what you're we talking about. We were recruiting, man. It's two thousand. <laughs> so two thousand four, our senior year, because uh, y'all beat us. Y'all beat us pretty bad. Our ju- my junior, our junior year. Like I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was Mike Jones. Who Mike Jones? Mike Jones. Hey, for real. <laughs> he was like, man, was bad dude, man. That's a bad man. Did not have an answer. They made sure our senior year that wouldn't happen again. And so, like, man, I remember, like, we're getting prepared to play y'all. This is like y'all were running the spread before everybody else was running the spread, man. Like y'all were doing the. Like kind of, oh, yeah. it was just that's when it was just coming around. I remember our junior year. I think Clemens was trying to run it, but it just it was Clemens. Nothing against anybody from Clemens watching. It just didn't work. <laughs> uh, and y'all was spread that out so we could run around. That's about the yeah. only way. Because when I was playing quarterback, we weren't going to throw no ball a whole lot. That's man, no, y'all had man who y'all David Jackson, who's the head coach yep. at uh, Crawford High School out there. New yep, D Jack. Yep, D Jack was yeah. in the backfield. I remember Big Jimmy Miller. Big Jimmy oh, man. man. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, so he has some dogs over there now. Man, he tripped me on the play, man. I was so mad. Like we did a redirection stunt, and I was trying to get across. It was smart by him. He had he just yeah, he had to do what he had to do. I, we were taking enough plays back there, yeah. so hey, if we gonna take a penalty on that yeah. one. I'll take it. Yeah, but we uh we we beat him forty to zero. Everybody that's listening, we that's uh, unimportant. That's not the, the point of the story. Is put that thing yes, on. Yes, you beat us forty to zero, but then it came back that y'all was using illegal players, so you had to forfeit the game. Yeah. So you like I'm saying, like you said before, like we y'all had to cheat to win to lose because y'all ended up giving us the game back anyway. Yeah, it so which I mean it was a technical. Like, I, don't I, don't take you, I was I don't know if I ever told you I was one of the ineligible players. Oh, I remember for sure. Yeah, so this is a story. All right, so this is so going this is why my, you can help so many players. You're like, yo, I know what it's like to be wrongfully accused. <laughs> straight up they like yo, yo. so we found out about this ruling going into we were playing Elkins and uh they were like, Hey, we took the two wins. So we we're like, Man, they took the two wins because we had beat Clemens 35-0. So we took my 75-0 wins. 
watch overall. And they're like, nah, we're taking them. I'm like, for what? And they were like, because of you. And I was like, wait, hold on. I'm talking to my coach. Like, what did I do? I've been going to class, found out. So since I pretty much had all my credits by that time, just because of, you know, we're not going to get in that because I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to stay humble. But anyway, I had most of my credits. And I had three off campuses. And you had to be on the campus a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, so brother, they almost set us out. They said they were going to set us out the rest of the season. Man, I have never, ever seen so many people crying. Like, my homeboy <laughs> was like, boys is down the hallway with that, like, heavy body cry. Oh, I'm telling you, that Booby Miles. That's that Booby Miles <laughs> cry. Like, man, I was like, man, I had that. <laughs> I called my dad. He's like, boy, you all right? What happened? They, they said it. They said I'm not going to wait no more this season. <laughs> so it was like, man, wow. Like, it was this is game day. Like, we're about to play Elk because it's a Friday. And we find out at, like, 10 we're not going to play. But I didn't realize it was a long game. Uh, yeah, fortunately, y'all got that dub. Um, but, you know, yeah. Didn't help us out too much. We, we didn't have a great season. So. It, it hurt us because we ended up playing uh, Katie in the first round. And you, <laughs> you already know how that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know how that wound up. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you personally, you have a plethora of experiences, uh, but let's talk about how you got into the player development role. If you could walk us through that journey from, you know, your college days um, and just, I mean, you have, I'm going to let you talk. I don't want to talk too much. Talk to yeah, us about it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So getting into it started back when I was still in it as a college athlete. Like, you know, I was playing at the University of Notre Dame, so I was blessed to get a, a scholarship up there that experience didn't pan out the way that I wanted it to. You know, I got recruited by coach Willingham, but before I got in there, he got fired. And so right before we got in there, he got fired and ended that's, up playing. That's the AI. That's the AI, man. <laughs> that's not cool. I'm like, yo, hold on. I'm like dodging. Yeah. <laughs> um, But so I'm, you know, going to play for coach Willingham, but before I get there, he's fired and I ended up playing for coach Weiss. So he's just coming from the Patriots he's bringing Patriots to college football. So he's bringing like, yo, professionals, Belichick, all that kind of stuff to college football with college student athletes, with college young men. And so we out there running a professional team and it's like, yo, we're still college kids. Like, what are we talking about? So that didn't plan out the way that I had hoped, intended, or thought that it could. And that was just really hard, right? So I end up not playing very much at all in my time at Notre Dame but I'm still graduating. So I graduate with a double major. Um, so I'm graduating with two different degrees at the University of Notre Dame. But I remember I was going to be done with football because I was disembittered by how, or disenchanted by how the things had gone. I'm like, man, I'm done with this. Like, I'm, I'm out. I go to a career fair and I've got no clue what in the world to do in that career fair. The first thing was, would probably been a good idea to not wear your Steve Harvey, you know, pinstripe blue suit to a career fair. That'd have been the first thing. Nobody told me that. And so I'm walking in, I'm listening to these other students talk to recruiters about their internships and their experiences. And all I got on there is, you know, two BCS bowls and a Hawaii bowl. You know what I'm saying? We only won one of those. So that ain't even that impressive. And I start backing out because I'm not, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I leave there, no clue what I want to do. And so by God's grace, I end up going to Abilene Christian University and continuing to play there while I did grad school. So I'm doing grad school playing at ACU. I played for two years. At this point, I've had that moment of like, oh, snap, I got to start making something happen. It's not just get a degree and people come after me and want to pay me. So I realize that now I'm at ACU. I'm joining the alumni association. I'm joining like the student mentors and leaders and I'm balling out on the field, thankfully. So that was cool to redeem that, you know, conference championship, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is dope. You know, I'm interning at a K, uh, K Texas, you know, TV station. Cause I wanted to be on TV and want to be a sportscaster. Ah. And then I realized you got to be broke. And I'm like, I ain't trying to be that broke to start off, which is funny when, when you end up find out where I end up. <laughs> um, but I start getting involved with like sports ministry. And so once I graduate from ACU, I got a decision to make, do I want to try and go for the league or do I want to take other opportunities? And I got a coach talking to me. He knew I was really interested in my faith. I wanted to help develop other people. He says, man, if you want to talk about your faith and help people, then pursue that, not the league. Or God will give you a platform to go do what you want to. So I stepped to the side and said, okay, I'm not going to chase the NFL. I want to help student athletes because I know what it's like to graduate from somewhere and not know what to do with myself. And I want to make sure I'm speaking into that. And so from there, I start working for FCA in sports ministry. 
and my wife comes on staff. We get to work together. So we're working to three universities in Abilene. So Abilene Christian, Hardin Simmons, and McMurray, working through all three of them. Keep in mind, we're both from Houston. We're both from um, Sugarland. So we both went to Austin High School. There you go, H Town, hold it down. Yeah. Uh, so we're both <laughs> from Houston. And so when our good friend Mikado, which you know Mikado over at AM right now, oh, he yeah. was at you know U of H, like he's the U of H guy. And so he gets an opportunity. Oh, right. He gets an opportunity to go to AM. He goes to AM and calls and says, Yo, I'm leaving. And he's like, Man, you should like interview. So we, you know, go up there, take an interview. They say, Man, come on down. So Jordan, my wife, and I, so my wife, Jordan, excuse me, my wife, Jordan, <laughs> and I go down to the University of Houston and we're still working for FCA. So we're still, you know, doing like chaplaincy and stuff like that. But if we're doing that role, we're going to be doing more than just talking to people about their faith. And so we're talking to people about their faith, about their life, about their jobs, about careers. And so it's it's Jesus and everything else. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about all of it. And through that time, I'm there with Coach Levine. You know, he gets fired and then Coach Herman comes in. And so, you know that because we was on the same staff working with Coach yeah. Herman. Yeah. And so at that time I'm working with the guys and we're still doing other things. Like we, you know, helping put on a workshop here and there coming to those, you know, real life Wednesdays, he called them at the time. And so helping with those things at U of H, but when he gets the job at university of Texas, he gets up there and asks me if I come with him. And I'm like, Oh snap, this is hard. And this is when I had a panic. This is when I was like panic. I was like, man, how do I tell my boy Ed? Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to mess like nothing up. Like, cause we too cool. Like, bro, I'll lay down a job if you want me to. Um, but I come talk to you and you're like, bro, that's awesome. Like, congratulations. Yeah. Like, go do what you do. Um, and so he brought me up to the University of Texas to just be player development. Mm-hmm. But it's because he saw how, you know, I was interacting with the athletes at the University of Texas, how we were, I mean, sorry, at the University of Houston and how we were just trying to create opportunities and be thinking outside the box. And so since then, I've been here for the past seven years, got to really build this role out. It was brand new when we first got here, like had just started up. And so I got to really kind of envision a few things. And it's been great just to put some stuff in place. And for the past seven years, I've been helping our student athletes here at the University of Texas. Yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting. You um, you know how that transition is, man. Like you've seen it. You saw Coach Levine and Coach Herman. I tell people all the time that, if you want to see a coach uh, leave fast, wait for a coach. Like, I mean, it's just, it's no goodbyes. It's like that. So like the whole time, like, cause you know, they're leaving, coaches leaving, mm-hmm. you handle this stuff. I'm like, Kev, we got to get this with this player or whatever. Yep. He finally came to my room, closed the door. I was like, Hey man, I need to talk to you. I was like, let's go. And you told me, I was like, bro, I'm proud of you. I was happy for you, man. <laughs> it was a great opportunity, man. And it's just, you know, it, it worked out for both of us, man. Like you were able to sure. do that. And so I was really, really excited. Because uh, we were still kind of, I can't remember if I think T.O. was the head coach. We didn't know Mage. And so, yeah, right. Uh, it was a toss up. Yeah, that was awesome, man. I was uh, thankful. I forgot to say that in the opening. If anybody listening, we we did work together for a year. And y'all, Kev, man, I, whoo, like, I know y'all see the uh, community impact pictures and videos and the career development stuff. But it's that role. I used to be a Kev office, like, man, can I just, can I holler at you real quick? Because <laughs> I was coming from being a high school coach. I didn't know yeah. anything about the role my first year. And I'm just like, yo, this is, this is wild. And then, man, it just, I remember one initiative we worked on was uh, I was talking to you. We had a situation where, you know, um, it was racial, racial tension in the country. Someone had lost her you know, had that life taken from them. Mm-hmm. And one of our players lost their keys on a bus because they didn't want to drive their car because they were afraid of mm-hmm. you know, law enforcement, things like that. And I remember you were like, man, we, we got to get them all together. Yeah. And like that was a great initiative because we had, our, our guys were able to talk and it was really, right. it really helped our team out because we had people whose parents were in law enforcement. We had players from other countries who didn't understand it. We had right. players who were just afraid to come out of it. And so it was, that initiative uh, was really, really good, and we got a lot of things done. So that was – always remember that. Like, man, I was, I was in the office. Like, man, he's like, man, let's get them all together. Like, we just got – you text <laughs> offense, I text the defense. We don't talk to Herm. Herm was like, I'm good. Y'all got yeah, it. Yeah, you like, get it. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if you remember that one, man, but that was – like, That was just good because it's like we think – we realize the locker room is such a melding pot that we take that stuff for granted. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, you got so many different walks of life that we could learn from where y'all don't have beef with each other, with one another. And so it looks weird to you seeing everybody out there doing that stuff. Well, y'all need to have that kind of conversation so you can hear from both sides, hear from each other and be like, yo, I love you, so I'll listen to you. That's different. And so that was just a really cool opportunity to be able 
to you know saying bring that out and you say people from another country like yo what is going yeah. on right now? Yeah. <laughs> like welcome to america baby and the gang was like yo what is this <laughs> like he was just confused it's like right hey, welcome uh all right so next question we got here man uh you know, what are your responsibilities or role? You can tell us some insights. You talked about being there. Come on, seven years. Let's go, man. That's awesome. <laughs> like, you're one of the few people who, like, when I do my every year, like, your name never changes. <laughs> a lot of, I may do an episode on, like, the reasons why there's a turnover or anything like that. But, you know, hey, you talk about you building it out. But what have your responsibilities become? I don't know if you want to talk about Forever Texas. Because, man, I remember, like, I remember at U of H seeing that. I was like, yo, okay, Kev. Like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, bro. Um, so my responsibilities, I usually break them down into three C's, character, community, and career. Character, because who you are is more important than anything you'll ever do. Community, once you know who you're, what you're passionate about and who you want to serve, the career piece comes a lot easier because you know who you are and what you're passionate about. Now let's move towards a career. And so I break down those three C's, and that looks like anything from doing transition uh, workshops and classes with our freshmen and transition or in mid years and things like that. So we'll meet up in the summer or in the spring when they're first coming in to make sure their head isn't spinning too much and not going crazy from talking with our leadership council and committee to make sure they're developing and they're leading the team they want to, to doing community engagement. So trying to find new opportunities for our team to get involved in the community, not just stuff that they have to do, but things they're passionate about. Right. You know, we've got guys that, you know, saying they've had a speech impediment and want to work with our communication school with, you know, kids that have a stutter. We've got people that have grown up in different types of homes. They want to go into organizations that work with kids and people in those homes. So we do a lot of that kind of stuff, trying to figure out, I mean, what are you passionate about? Let's find community engagement that hits you where you are. Right. And so that can also be overseas. Like, so we've taken overseas trips, which has been really cool. It's a lot different than what they're used to when you're flying on a plane, you know, going to a game where you get to walk right up into the plane and you get your right. snacks and free movies. I'm like, nah, bro, you got to go through these customs. How about customs, that? Dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just been dope. And then career. And it's just trying to really get them exposed to opportunities, connecting them with alumni and then making sure they know the different career paths that are open to them, not just the things that they've seen. So those three things are kind of the broad categories. I still get to serve as the chaplain. So I'm very thankful for that. I'll do you know Bible studies or do our pregame devotionals or chapels and then make sure that our players that are other beliefs get connected with people on their belief on campus, right? And so we've got a couple of people that are Muslim. We've got some Jewish. And so we make sure they get connected to the people on campus that can support them as well. But then also just connect with our guys on a day-to-day basis. So you know how it is. Like, yeah, we're here. The door opens. Then it's, all right, cool. So they come in and they close the door. It's time to talk. It's time to figure things out, helping them figure out schedules and how do they deal with this. And this person broke up with this person. And I don't know yeah, what yeah. happened and all that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell. And the Forever Texas you talked about is what we ended up naming the program was Forever Texas because you're not making a four-year decision. You're making a forever decision. It's going to impact the rest of your life. And we're trying to make sure we're impacting them forever with what we do and the opportunities they have here. And that, I think, was a very successful initiative, so much so that our entire athletic department adopted that for student-athlete development. So now student-athlete development across University of Texas athletics is called Forever Texas. So that's kind of what we're doing and kind of what it's turned into. Come on, man. Not impacting like what, 600 student athletes or something like that? <laughs> man, that's I was at 526. Yeah, something like that. So we're getting out there now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like one of the things I've always appreciated about you is just your intentionality. Like even like every player, like I would, because I, I watch people, right? I'm a people watcher. Like, man, like especially magnetic people, like why are so many people pulled into you know, to Kev, because like you said, it never was, you, you it, when we were at Houston, players of all faiths, we had one player who, no faith, you know, like, and they were just, everybody was pulled in and things, the intentionality mm-hmm. that you have for every single person, you treat every single person as a child of God, as like, this is, you know, you are individually created and I am here to value that as we uh, converse and as I help you, that's another C, converse to you, all you see. There you go, I see it, I see uh, it. Nah. <laughs> One thing, a thing I saw, I believe y'all were the first one to do it. And I I, I am a player development nerd. You all that are listening, y'all know that. I'm a, I think y'all are the first ones to do it. And speaking of it about being a player development nerd, uh, check out this list right here about creating Twitter lists. That's why I was able to, uh, this tip of the week, creating Twitter lists. That's why I'm going to be a nerd. I want to say y'all were the first ones to do a Juneteenth um, 
parade or or be a part of it. And I just like I mm-hmm. remember that like when y'all did it in Austin and like yeah doing that in the capital city. I just remember like it kind of like I don't know for is it matriculated or matriculated. I mean mm-hmm. you're you're one with about 14 degrees back there. <laughs> like it's spreading across uh, yeah all sports. So yeah, no, that's been cool. That's been something they've been doing for a while and we we reinvigorated our involvement. So that's like a team thing that's- we do now which has been just really cool for our athletes to see uh, like the east side of Austin, which is, you know, where you see more black people, you see more black faces. And so for them to walk through there and it's dope because the like people come out and like they're throwing like, this going to be the year, right? We still watching y'all. Let's go. And for them to be like, yo, like they're here for us. Like we ain't even seen them like that. And so that's created a lot of opportunities for us to go into schools or like, you know, pop Warner leagues and things like that to get involved. But that's always been a fun one, except our guys be throwing the candy too early. Like they see all these kids and they throw the candy like the first half of the parade. I'm like, guys, like we got a whole nother half Old parade like, made for you. And they're like, but this was looking at me like smiling and asking. And I'm like, all right, bro, like whatever. So that's been a good one. <laughs> that's awesome. That's all. They got to know the uh, candy candy strategy. You got to have it right. Got to. Now, what you probably heard this one a lot. And this I only asked because people continue to ask this one. And I just I put on the podcast. What does your day look like? <laughs> Man, I could tell you if they, like, you know, if they was all the same. Um, but for us, we're a morning practice outfit. So it's staff meeting in the morning, come in here, and sometimes we'll pop into position meetings, kind of just kind of hang out, see what's going on, see what we're doing. If I have something I'm really working on right there, like playing initiatives for the spring and stuff like that, then I'll come back to the office, work a little bit while they're in position meetings. Out of practice, we're out of practice. I'm figuring out, like, when I'm watching guys, like, who do I need to make sure I check in with? Who do I tap in with? Who do I make fun of later on? You know what I'm saying? It's all love. But we got to just have that kind of communication. So going to practice, coming back, trying to, like, sneak out a workout, sneaking a workout or something like that, you know, letting the guys, you know, walk by, drawing them in with the candy jar or with the lotion, you know what I'm saying? Because they got to make sure they don't be ashy. So making sure we have all that stuff. So guys will pop in after practice. And from there, it's, you know, head to lunch and still see them like in like in the tank. So it's not always just come to me. It's kind of, you know, find them where they're at and then try to get a few things done throughout the you know afternoon in between, like, you know, meeting with guys at their standing meetings that you have with some of the players and things like that. But that's typically how it goes. And then you sandwich, you know, meetings in there and planning things in kind of throughout the day. That's the majority of it. And then you get staff meetings kind of throughout the week and then you're getting ready on Friday, traveling to the hotel doing a chapel, getting ready for the game, and then going to work. Nice, nice. Hey, y'all, he he lets you know. No day's the same, but he definitely has a structure. Now, if you liked anything in this podcast, please press the like button and subscribe and get notifications and all that good stuff everybody tells you on YouTube. Make sure you do that for the player development pod. Make sure y'all tap in. Awesome. Now that you have liked and subscribed, we can finally finish. You've done it, right? Right? All right. Okay, so in the role, in the role, what's the biggest thing you've learned in the player development role? Seven years is man, that's whew, that's a lot. <laughs> the biggest thing I've learned is that you got to keep learning, like just a period point blank. Is because what worked three years ago is not going to work this year. Like before nil, you probably had something. We had it all set up. Like, this is dope. This is great. We're going to do these things. Then nil hits. You're like, well, that ain't it no more. And so we got to find new ways to continue to connect with our student athletes and figure out what they want. Like we have ideas and this is things y'all need to know, but if they're not interested in learning that, then they're not learning that. And that's just, that's just the way it goes. And so I got to come up with different ways. We have to come up with different ways. How do we speak to them? How do we reach them? How do we engage them through different initiatives? How do we make sure we get more experience in it? And so for me, like the formula that I've come up with is to try to help people or try to help our student athletes overcome expectations because there's certain expectations that we have that we don't even realize until they're not met. And so to overcome these expectations, we've got to have experience and exposure. And so everything that I try to do is how do I gain exposure for our student athletes? How do I gain experience so they're doing certain things, not just hearing somebody talk about them? If I'm not doing that, then I'm not being effective, to be 100% honest with you. And there are a couple of things that, you know what I'm saying, being older and having gone through stuff, there's some things that I know y'all need to know. I know they need to know. Oh, yeah. But if I'm not giving that to them in a way that they can digest it in a way that they like it, it's pointless. And so that's why, I mean, you give people what they want. You give you what they need in a package they want. And mm-hmm. so they're not opposed to that stuff, but they're not going to sit there and listen to somebody talk to them for 45 minutes. Like, nah, I'm good. Like, how do we do that in a different way? So 
the biggest thing is just is just keep learning. Like you've got to keep learning and developing and trying new things as you get into this role. Yeah. So okay, this next question, um, we're gonna talk about I'm actually two things, because last actually two things. One relates to the podcast episode from the week prior to this one. But what does support look like in the role to you? And you've had the experience of seeing two head coaches. We'll kind of talk about transition, things like that. But what does support look like to you in the role? Yeah, for sure. Support looks like letting me stay in my lane and do what it is you are paying me or hiring me to do. Like if there's no trust there, then it's like, man, we got to find somebody that that you can trust to do that. Like I don't go to any of our coaches and tell them like, you know, I really think you should play so-and-so. Like the second I do that is <laughs> the second I'm out yeah. because <laughs> that's not my lane. That's not my expertise. It's not something that I'm doing. And so when our coaches give me the free reign, it's okay, you are around this space. You know what's going on. You want to hold a workshop here. You want to have a topic about this. You want to bring this person in. Like to me, that's support because they're actually letting you do what it is you came there to do. And so that's support, but then also creating space for it. So it's like, hey, if I want to do a workshop, can I get this Monday or can I get this Wednesday? And so creating space for it, um, not just being like, okay, cool, you know, I like that idea, but then not helping us kind of have the opportunity to put it in place. So giving that free reign to do what it is you get brought there to do, and then also creating space to do those things is support in in my book. Nice. And like I said, last week's episode was about transition and you have had two forms of transition. If you could just get talk about what that was like, some advice. I know it's that it's that part of the year, unfortunately, where, you know, staffs are changing, things are happening, like, you know, either your coach is getting hired, like, you know, when Tom Herman took you to Texas or unfortunately you've experienced where the coach that brought you there is no longer there. Mm -hmm. And you are held on um, or rehired, whatever you, the word, the right word there by the yep. new staff. So if you kind of talk about that transition, because there's a lot of people that checked in last week about transition. Just I was trying to encourage people uh, during that. But if you could just talk about like some practical things, I know you are one of the most practical people I've ever met in my life. So if you want to talk about a transition and both the experiences you had transitioning into the role and then transitioning yeah. with a new staff. For sure. Transition into the role was different because, you know, I was a free hitter, if you will, kind of like I do some things here and there and that's it. Whereas getting into the role had to be a lot more structured, had to figure out, okay, what are the aims long term? Not just, hey, I can plug in and do this one thing. So that was different for me. Like I had planned camps before and raised money before and done all those things, but hadn't done it in a place where, okay, now you're doing this for a university for one specific team. So that was different in learning, all right, what are they wanting from this? And how do I provide that in a way that is still me, but then is also still giving them everything they want while reaching the student athletes. And so I got to make sure I'm speaking to them. I'm helping them while serving the coaches as well, because they care about the student athletes enough to have me in the position. And so that was just different from the administrative aspect of it. Um, a lot more resources. And so working for the ministry, I knew who I knew and could you know, I can connect and make more connections. But when you get to a university, it's like, bro, you got on-campus people, you got athletics people, you got alumni, you got donors. And so it's like your head is just spinning with all the different resources, whether that be people or organizations or clubs, anything like that. And so that was just like, okay, I got to wrap my mind around this, which is a lot. I think I've heard you say before, it's like, let me just sit back and like learn. I'm not going to come in here off rip saying, all right, this is our plan. This is what's happening. Cause I don't know the landscape and I don't know the people there. And so until I learned the geography and the people here, it was sit back, let me learn, observe, and then kind of learn about my new role. When it comes into transitioning with the coaching staff, it's keeping in mind one, your work has to speak for itself. And by work, I also mean the relationships because if your relationships aren't talking for you, then there's not a lot going on because if somebody can say, yeah, he does a lot of great work. Well, what do the players think of him? Well, I don't really know. He doesn't really, don't really talk to the players. All right, well, then he shouldn't be talking to our players. <laughs> he could be talking to them no more. And so your work will speak for you. How about this? Your work speaks for you, but your relationships turn that volume up. And that's where it's going to be like, yo, like your work is really good. And the way that you talk with people and the way they speak of you, I think I do want to keep you around. Yeah. That being said, you ain't got, you don't have to stay. <laughs> yeah. Like, coaches are in a spot where if they don't win and succeed right now they're gone yeah 
And so when you've got so much riding on you and you're bringing in a staff and there's other families and peoples depending on you being successful, my work and relationships, they may give me, you know, a foot in the door, but that doesn't, that doesn't entitle me to stay. And I got to keep that in mind because that coach has relationships. That coach has talked with people and knows people. So he's got people that he trusts and then have worked with him before. And so he's like, all right, I want to bring this person with me. Cool. That's not making a judgment statement on me. He right. just has a direction on what he wants to do. And so I've been blessed to be able to stay on here and try to put, you know what I'm saying, Coach Sark stuff into vision or vision into action and then create more as we continue to go. But it's also just sitting there like, all right, he doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. And if I got into this role to help people, then I need to be willing to say, all right, maybe somebody else is, you know, who God wants to bring in to help them at this next juncture. Nice, nice. Appreciate you. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, now, before we move to the advice part, um, I want to talk about, you know, some things. I'm I'm a big believer in being like well-versed. Maybe it was something that they had in that Forbin ISD water we were drinking. <laughs> it's like, I, it's hard for me just to stick with one thing. I like doing a lot. And I know you have fused, you know, your background in faith and your background in athlete development, athlete experience together into a, a cohesive um, curriculum or, you know, that curriculum, or I, I was at a symposium. I, I'll let you talk more about it. Talk more about uh, just, you know, what you're doing and how yeah. you're fusing together two passions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the best way to be effective is to be completely you, is to be completely genuine with who God's created you to be and using the gifts that he's created. And for me, my faith is essential to who I am or right, to how I operate and why I operate. And I think some people will think that would cause an issue at a public university, you know, where some people would say, man, I'm at a liberal like, school or city and things like that. And to me, it's the opposite, right? Because my faith instructs me that I love you know, everybody, regardless of what they believe or don't believe. And so some of my best conversations and even some relationships I've had have been with people that have a completely different faith or disagree with mine because they understand like, oh, because he believes that doesn't mean he's going to treat me any differently. Right. But they also can see that be, what because of what I believe, it impacts what I do, right. or it impacts that in the sense of, you know, if I actually trust God with everything. And so one of the things people hear me say all the time is trust God, work hard. And so, LinkedIn, I, LinkedIn, there it is. <laughs> and so if I can entrust God, if I trust my faith and then I work hard, then the rest is, okay, cool. How do we do this? And so for me, it's about empowering student athletes, professionals. If this faith is what you hold on to, then that should be what propels you into the excellence that God has created you for. And again, like this is where we take results and everything off the, off the field, which is exactly what everybody does. When you look at all the you know, sports psychologist people and the mental training and all the things we try to coach, we say, man, you got to focus on the process, not the result. Okay. So you're saying I should work hard and then trust God because I don't control the result. And so if I get them to tap into, this is what you truly think, right? And so self-talk is a big one. People say, you know, talk to yourself, don't listen. Great. So from a faith perspective, it's saying, take every thought captive. And so for me, it's just like, yo, let me help you tap into who you say you are so you can be a hundred percent you because I want you to compete the way that you were created to. And even if it's not a faith perspective, those lessons still parallel because when you can do those things, you'll thrive off the field as well. And I've always said that good men make great players. And so the better we can train them up and develop them, the more they'll be able to do what they want to do, what they've been called to do. And so for me, that access point is faith because there's parallels and things that are borrowed from our faith that people are using in literally every industry. And so if I can help you dive deeper into what you believe, and that helps you with the results that you're getting, then that's a win-win because now I'm growing in my faith and my performance. And that's how we end up with performance peace, right? So I'm trying to have peace in the way I perform. And peace isn't this like, um, like, yeah. like, thing. <laughs> Nah, man, peace is a confident sense of urgency to accomplish the task that God has put in my heart. Like, that's what we're trying to go after. Um, and so that's what I've been able to do here, um, just because we have guys that are of the faith. And so it's cool to have those kind of conversations. You know, we're sitting here talking about their performance and you, know, you have conversations with guys beforehand and, you know, they're nervous or they're excited. or They really want to get drafted. They want to do all those kind of things. We bring it back to the basics. I said, OK, when you first started playing to get you to this level, what were you concerned about? It's like, man, I wanted to 
beat the other. I wanted to just play first and foremost. Like I go to sleep in my, you know, saying in my uniform, go to sleep with a football. I just wanted to play the game first and foremost. Yeah. Then I wanted to get the fruit snacks and whatever after the game with my parents <laughs> and talk about it. And I said, yeah, bro, but it's not until you started getting the rewards yeah. that you started having the anxiety because now we're starting to focus on the rewards instead of what you love to do. And if we can bring that back to say, who's going to love you regardless of what happens? You know what I'm saying? God and my family and these people. I said, okay. Well, that's what you take into the game. And then you go out there and do what you want to. And if awards and draft statuses come from that, then amen, let's go get them. Like, you ain't going to hear me saying turn that down. Like, go right. get it. <laughs> um, but if we can focus on the things that we control, what God has put in front of us, then there's no regret either way. And so when we put our goals as these results that we don't control, that's when you begin that's when you start to get distracted and that's when you start to get uh, frustrated, embarrassed, ashamed if you don't reach those goals. But my goal was, you know, saying mama mentality ask, which is what God calls it anyway, be the best version of ourself each day. There's no regret in that. Right. So like when you talk about Hightower all the time and how, you know, saying we got blown out, which, you know, what I'm saying whatever. Get me and put that age down. Uh, <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you like that stung. That hurt. I absolutely hated it. Right. And looking back then, I wasn't thinking like I am now, but I was literally doing everything I could. Like, I was literally trying as hard as I possibly can, and I'm never going to fault a man for giving his all but not reaching a goal that others said he should reach. Right. Cool. As long as he's upset and he's trying, then okay, cool. Um, but when we give our all and still feel like a failure, that don't add up to me. Like, that that, that doesn't make sense. And I want to make sure that we understand Everybody can succeed if they have success metrics that are in that are in line with who they are and what they believe. Sorry, that was a whole long ramble. No, that's, man, that's <laughs> hey, this this episode about you. That's good right there. Now I noticed I meant to bring it up, and I saw I never asked. As long as we work together, I've known I've never asked the toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> I've never asked. I was like, I literally brought and I was like, man, I, I meant to ask. Like, I think. We had a, we, me and you jumped on the Zoom just sharing some ideas and collaborating. Mm -hmm. and so, man, get, if you got a story for the toothpick, man. Unfortunately, it's the craziest it, thing. Man. I really don't got a story. It just, like, was there one day, and it just never left. Um, so I'd just be having a toothpick with me. Um, I, mean, I think yeah, part of it is, yeah. like, you know, some people, like, fidget to think and stuff. Like, yeah. part of it is, like, I just kind of chew on this. Like, all right, that's kind of how I'm thinking of, like, what I'm, like, working through. And so I really have no clue. I don't really have a story for the toothpick. I'm sure I, like sit down with somebody to dig way deep down in the recesses of my right. mind and memories, but right. I really don't know, man. It's the toothpick showed up and it's been with me since. Man, so how many do you go through to it, to it in a day? Typically one. Like, if you have the right ones, like, yeah. they're solid, they're good, they don't be breaking it all flimsy and stuff. Yeah. You don't need another one, you feel me? You see that? We could preach on that right there. You feel hey. me? Do that right now. Hey. <laughs> no, you I only need I one. If you got the yeah. right one, you don't hey. gotta switch them out from day to day. Come on, where the base base organ at in the back? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're moving to the advice section. And this is really, first of all, thank you so much for sharing so much with not only myself, but those listening to the podcast. These are like, these interviews are like the most like watched, they're listened to episodes, which is, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I love sharing a lot of great people doing stuff in the world. So there's some people that listen to this that are like, man, you know, I, I want to be this. I love what you're talking about. I'm passionate about it. You know, I want to be in this role. So the first advice question I have for you is like, what is your overall advice for those looking to get in the role? Uh, you know, what, what do you have for them? Yeah. I mean, get reps. I mean, same thing that I think you would say that everybody says, like, you got to start volunteering where you can getting connected uh, to programs and to coaches and people that are already in the role offering up free services. Don't be weird with it though. Like if they say like, we don't have an opportunity right now, don't hit them up the next day or the next week saying, Hey, I'm still here. Like, I know you are, but nothing's changed. And now it's like, I don't know if I can bring you around my student athletes because you may be like always hitting them and stuff like that. Because every interaction you have with me, I'm also running through the filter of would that person be okay in front of my coaches or in front of my staff or in front of my athletes. Absolutely. Um, and so look for reps, look for opportunities, but not even just, within universities like go to high schools go to like leagues say like i just want to help and pour into people so when you do talk to me like hey man i've been mentoring this high school team for three years or i've been working with this group for five years we got into the community like they just want to see that you're actually about the role 
and not about what you get from it. And so when you can do that and show, oh, I've already been working. Oh, you've already put some initiatives together and you've run some community service stuff before. That's going to be helpful. Like all that stuff can get put on a resume. Like when you talk to somebody, it's like, yeah, man, I organized this kind of food drive within this league. We got this many families involved. It was great. We're going back again this year. Oh, okay, cool. So you can handle stuff on your own. You don't need me to you know, hold your hand. You're not going to be asking me, what should I do tomorrow? Like all that kind of stuff. Um, but that would be my advice. Like get reps, however, wherever you can, and just don't be weird about it. Yeah, it's the, the transferable skills, man. I, I think because, you know, right now, I think in 10 years, it'll be more like I, I was a player development GA. I did like there. It's just not there right now. Right. Not yet. And so, yeah, not yet. Yeah. The growth mindset. My daughter's learning in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> so but like I remember when I hired my intern, intern Lauren at, at um, KU, I just remember seeing like she did customer service at a hotel. So I was like, oh, you get to deal with people when they like. Which player they come in, you know, and then she let she's the editor of the newspaper. So, you know how to lead people to get something done. And I was like, hey, let's those those transfer to what I'm doing, because you got to it's custom like you don't call them customers, but you, you're dealing with people every day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, like get them reps, get them reps. <laughs> Next one. Uh, what's the best advice you've received in your life? And, and yeah. what did I tell you? No, I'm just like, what's the best? <laughs> it's like, Ed, I don't have my, I don't have my Ed Jones notebook ready, man. You know, I got chapters in this thing, chapters in it. Um, man, shoot. I, I would say to the first would be from the Bible itself. And so like my, my best advice has come from my Lord and savior in Ephesians 2.10. Uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And to me, that's the best advice ever because I realized like, yo, I am God's creation. I'm made in his image. Like I didn't have to do anything for that. Like I am already. So whether or not anybody else sees it or what I do, I already am. But it says he's got works prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. So it's like he already knows the story. I'm getting to figure it out. And that's the opportunity. So it's just walk forward confidently, knowing that there's already a story written specifically, tailored specifically for you. And that's what he means by, you know, saying his workmanship, like crafted, you know, what I'm saying made specific. Um, so that would be the best piece of advice I got um, from <laughs> the advice giver, if you're to ask me. Um, the second, though, if I'm taking it out of the, the faith realm, it's not going to go too far, but maybe adjacent would be the MLK quote when he's talking about the street sweepers. I mean, if anybody yeah. is a street sweeper, then let him sweep streets so well that the whole host of heaven stops and says, here lived a good street sweeper. Like, do what you do to the max that you can do at whatever you do. Um, and the rest will find you. Like, the rest will open up. And even if other things don't open up, you've got nothing to regret because I literally use the best of myself in every situation that I had. But those would probably be like the the two best pieces of advice that I've gotten. Appreciate that one. That confidence, man. I'm about to, I'm about to go reread that one today, man. <laughs> Walking in confidence. Come on. Uh, our next advice question. Do you have a practical nugget of wisdom for those in regards to programming responsibility? So this is as practical as possible when it comes to programming in a role, getting things done in a role. That's hard because I feel like you've already said it all. So you guys should all go back and listen to episodes one through 98. Hey, we'll get all the practical nuggets and wisdom you can find. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I, I would say the biggest thing is be maximize your gifts and then bring other people along that are gifted where you're weak or are gifted in areas that you're not. Like, so one of the things I tried to do early on is like, I got to do everything. Nah, fam. Like, I'm not. I'm not everybody and everything. There are certain things I'm really good at. And there are certain things that I go to our school and use the resources that we have there or in our athletic department where we bring somebody in. And so you got to know your gifts, like play to your gifts. And then you help other people and bring them in so they can utilize theirs. That would probably be the biggest one. Um, that and then just being creative, talking to your student athletes um, because you figure out what they want and where they're going. And that's where it's been fun. I think one of the, like one of the most, one of the most fun ones we've done is the hustle. I don't know if you remember the hustle that we oh, did, yeah. I remember that one. but that was literally like bringing in a lot of different people. Like I got to use my creativity. Like it was awesome. Like it was a, you know, a business pitch. You might have to kind of share what it was. Yeah, come on, share it. And so the hustle was a business pitch competition that we made into a Instagram TV show, if you will, kind of like Shark Tank. So each week we would, we would put out little segments and so the student athletes would get into groups. They would come up with a business idea. 
we would partner them with entrepreneurs from around the city to help them like think through what they would need for this business, how they would run it, do all those kind of things. And so they got to come up with this idea, talk with the entrepreneur, an actual entrepreneur about it. So anyway, and so then they pitch it in front of their team and judges. Then they got to a final round with another judge, a very Shark Tank-esque. And then, you know what I'm saying, they just voted. And we got, you know, somebody got to win. The winners were going to go to New York to connect with more alumni, but then COVID hit. Womp, womp. Yeah. But, I mean, that was an awesome opportunity because in that one thing, we covered so much. We got public speaking. So our student-athletes learned how to speak in public. We got how to research an idea to bring it to life. We got networking with alumni. So they're actually networking, making these things happen. We got, you just, you talking about like team camaraderie and all that kind of stuff. Like these dudes are actually competing, but yeah. in something outside of sports, they're realizing they're more than just an athlete. On top of that, they're also, some of these dudes actually raise money. Like, so we actually got somebody to invest in one of the companies. We made sure it was legal because NIL wasn't a thing yet. And right. so they got to, they got an investment. So we got all of those things done in one initiative, right? like one initiative but that was because we pulled in people from the school we had somebody from our business and communications come over and teach them how to pitch and all that kind of stuff from entrepreneurship school we had entrepreneurs from outside the city so we're getting stakeholders and donors and alums and all that kind of stuff to get involved it was dope so whenever so ed whenever you want to bring back the beyond the field business pitch competition for student athletes and nil you let us know because we can get a team. And I think that thing would still run. Uh, I ain't going to do it myself right now. So it'd be legit. Let us, you let yeah, us know we want to get it back. I'm glad you said that. Sponsors. You all are looking to sponsor. There it is right there. Kev just said it. Where you at? Hey, man, that's, that's legit. That's a what a baseball they call a five-tool baseball player. Mm-hmm. Five-tool. Come on. Five-tool athlete off the field. Let's go. I'm telling five you. Come on. Programming. I'm telling you. So that's it. So. Be creative and be willing to pull people in where you're not where you're not the most gifted. Absolutely. And then the last question, man, you do so much for so many people, so many people. Like I know when I was there for you, you know, you did FCA. You, your door was always open. You had them candies, man. I used to I used to have to stay away from it. It was hard every time I come in, but I can't. I'm not gonna eat them. Hey, we still got it. Like you want a practical tip? Here's a tip: If you want players and student athletes to come in your office, you need to have candies. And lotion, but hold on. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the secret tip only because you're tuned in to the Beyond the Field podcast. I don't give this to everybody, but for Ed's listeners, I got you. Yeah. When you have the candies, you gotta have a very specific mix. Mm. You gotta have the fruity candy. It's like your Starburst and Skittles, yeah. like those kind of candies. Yeah. You gotta have the chocolates. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, exactly. <laughs> you got like the Hershey's, the the Kit Kats, the Reese's. Okay, and then you gotta have the gum. So you got to have those three. You're going, somebody going to look in there and be like, yeah, I need that. Right. Yeah. And then you got to have your wife also just like, or like your significant other, somebody, maybe you, you know what I'm saying? Cook some cookies every now and then just to throw them in there. Um, and then the lotion, you know what I'm saying? We stay with the cocoa butter and the Jergens because when they get done with that shower, they be walking through ashy and they ain't trying to do that. So <laughs> you got to have those things. It'll draw them all in. I would show the lotion that I use, but they don't sponsor the podcast. No, but, uh, <laughs> there we go. So I'm my fault. So no, we have no, no free types of lotion. <laughs> no free um, No, no. But yeah, how do you how do you take care of yourself, man? Even like the detail of like you and the candy. I, I know you like giving game, but like the detail of that. Like, what do you do to take care of yourself? How do you you know develop yourself? Take care of yourself. Yeah, man. So I would I would point to th- to four things, which I know sounds like a lot, but it's not. The first is I stay rooted in my faith. Like I got to take care of myself. And so for me, there's five things. So I call them like, um, I call them the rhythms, right? So five to thrive. So if I keep these five things in line, I'm going to be able to thrive. So I got to keep these rhythms in my life. Um, so eat, sleep, move, connect, and rest. Am I eating well? Am I sleeping like I need to? Am I moving my body? Am I connecting with friends and family outside? And then rest, but have hobbies and other things outside of just my job so I don't get burnt out. And so I'm rooted in my faith because I think all of those are faith-based type things that we can look to. I always make sure I five to thrive. Am I doing these things? And so I got to stay rooted in my faith is the number one thing, first and foremost. The second, I got to make sure me, wifey and baby girl are good. You know what I'm saying? So we got a 16 month old and if yeah. home ain't right, then ain't nothing right. And so I got to make sure that we're still communicating. We're getting time and prioritizing it because if you don't like this business, this job, and it's not even this job, it's any job. 
will take all of your time if you don't prioritize the things that are most important, which is my family. So with Jordan and I, we do a family meeting like once a week. We get like on Sundays, say, hey, this is what the week is looking like. Talk about finances, talk about what's coming up. Like just, all right, cool. Make sure we're good on the same page. What can I be praying for? What do you have going on? Stuff like that. And then we try to protect one night a week where it's just us, where it's like, ain't nobody coming over. We ain't going nowhere. Like this is our night. If you call me on that night, then you're going to voicemail or if Jordan sees your name and likes you. Like she sees Ed Jones, but like, oh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I appreciate um, you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so protecting that, you know what I'm saying? Stay rooted in my faith. Make sure, you know, wifey and I are good. So we're, we're always solid, prioritizing family. And then making sure that we have like daily retreats. And so it's like, not daily, excuse me. And so we talk about like daily have a time where you just kind of like relax and do something for like 20, 30 minutes. Like where it's just you time to do whatever you want to. One day a week where you do nothing work-wise, right? So that's the Sabbath, right? So one day a week. And it is amazing how you come back. Like I love Monday. Like Mondays, I'd be fired up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Thursdays be a struggle, but Mondays I'm fired up because that's Sunday. Like that's a day of rest. And when you actually cut off doing all the work and give your brain and your body a chance to chill then you're actually fired up you know like, okay cool i got ideas i want to think about this stuff now so at once a day once a week and then you know if you're going to jump it like take one kind of vacation where you just unplug all the time and you're just like yo i'm taking a vacation i ain't thinking about y'all i ain't calling y'all if you calling me it better be something like huge going on like no, i'm talking you like okay. You feel me? Like, that's fine. But other than that, don't mess with me. And so keeping those rhythms to kind of replenish are the different things that I would say I do. And so I kind of gave one and two together, but taking care of my faith, those five to thrive rhythms, making sure family is good and protecting that time. And then taking that time, like, you know, daily taking like 30 minutes or so. And then once a week, taking time to rest. And then once a year, making sure it's like, let me just unplug and, and just kind of connect with family and the Lord and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Like you, I learned the biggest lesson this is going about the Sabbath I learned. And this is going to tie back our story. The biggest lesson I learned, we were, I was coach. I went back to Hightower to coach. The, I think it was, it wasn't a year before I went to U of H, but I went back to Hightower to coach. We lost to Austin. You're all yeah, you yeah, we were all in my heart. 0-3. And our head coach literally said, he said, y'all might think I'm crazy, um, but we're not coming in on Sundays. Like, y'all go spend time with your family. He's like, Joe, the time I was single, he's like, Jones, I know you see him. Don't come in here. Just go do something. And we ran off seven games in a row in one district. And like, that was the biggest, like, the biggest. And I, my coach okay. wasn't even like, I, I don't know if he's a believer or not. He was just like, we got to do something. Like, y'all, yeah. we can't be on Sunday. And just, mm -hmm. you know, so the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life came from losing uh, my second loss to the uh, Austin Bulldogs. Okay. All right. So, that's but that's it, bro. It's like when you cut off, though, when you take that time, like you do get the energy back. You know what I'm saying? Like the best. It's like when you're when you're working out. Like if you're working out for like muscles, like you want to get bigger, not just trying to get your cardio in. You got to take a break between sets so your muscle has the time to recoup, right. and then you get full effort again. And so it's the same thing with life, and even in this business, which is really hard for player development because you always want to be on, yes. like. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy being around people. I always want to be on and help people. If I'm walking around here like a zombie, I ain't helping nobody. And so I got to be recharged for that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that too, because players, they'll let you know like, hey, Jones, you, you kind of walk, man, you need to go get some sleep. Like, you tripping. <laughs> Not my name. Like, but man... Straight? No, that's it, man. Appreciate Ah, that's not it. It's time for the rapid fire. Oh, snap. Here we rapid go. Rapid fire. All right. So I got seven questions. I'm going to just rip them off to you and uh, we'll go. What are you reading right now? I'm about to read uh, The Mindful Athlete. Ooh. Who's that by? That one's by George Mumford. Kev also does book reviews as well. Uh, does a lot. Does a lot. Well, I'm telling you, whatever we were drinking at Fort Ben ISD. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, right? It's different. <laughs> so what daily discipline are you working on? Ooh, daily discipline right now would probably be reading again, like trying to find time to read. So I usually read on the away trips. And so I take that time, but I want to find like time daily. Like I want to read each day. So that'd probably be the daily discipline right now. Good, good, good. All right. Now, you know, I, I like me a good snack. I like me a good snack. In Austin, if you were given a $25 gift card, where are you going to grab lunch? 
Oh snap! Ooh. That's hard. That's really hard. Um, you, know, you connected in Austin. I don't want you to make nobody mad. Nah, I ain't even worried about it. Um, honestly, it's probably gonna be probably be via three one three. It's like a deep dish, like Detroit pizza joint around here. Um, that probably be it because I enjoy me a good little pizza, and that deep dish is on point. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm next time in Austin. Got got to check that one out. And this is like the cool thing. That's the cool thing about asking this question, man. I got food suggestions everywhere. I go. <laughs> All right, same question, but you get hundred twenty five dollars for dinner gift card. Where are you going? Hundred twenty five, bro. That's hard. Yeah. I really, you know what? We we'll probably. We'll probably go to, um, I can't even think of the name, the Italian spot. Oh my gosh, wife's gonna kill me. You gotta get it. I can't. Come on, what is the name of that spot? Um, I cannot think of the name right now. The Italian spot, and I'll text yeah. it to you. We can put there it in the know. notes later. There we go. There we <laughs> go. I cannot think of the name. That's how you know you went. We don't go there that often. So if you give me hundred twenty five, we're gonna go over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you could join a band or music group, past or present, who 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 are they? Band or a music group, past or present? Did you say one one six? Like, does that count as like a music that, that group? Counts. That counts. That counts. I I rock a one one six then. Yeah, that that counts. I count. It was funny. I think you remember we had the whole Drew Hill. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we had that whole. We had a Drew Hill day after that. I listened to the whole catalog. <laughs> I had a Drew Hill a day after that because I was thinking either Boys to Men or not, but I'm like, I don't want to be the big guy that can't sing. I'm just in the background, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got two one one six. Who would you want to co-star in a movie with? Action first, and then comedy. All right, so I honestly, I still, I gotta go. I gotta go. Will Smith first. Nice. Like I'm still going with Will because he's done everything, so being able to do that would be dope. Um, comedy, you know, he seems like a cool dude. I think it'd be funny. Would probably be, it'd probably be Kevin Hart or Jack Black. Yeah, only because they're hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. But then also, like they do a lot, a lot of styles and stuff. So I'd be picking, I'd be picking up game just from like all the stuff they're doing on the side more than just. Um, more than just the comedy because they're funny type stuff. They are two that I rewind because it's just like you said, like some little face or little gesture they had, like yeah, bro. Like, that's like that. You watch Jumanji? I, so I th- I can't remember. I think I did on the plane, but I fell asleep. I think I started. Bro, you got to go back and watch the first Jumanji with the Rock and the Rock. See, the Rock is another one. I might have picked him too. Yeah, but the Rock, Jack Black, and Kevin Hart. That movie had me rolling. I almost okay. came to see I'm about to watch that one. <laughs> that one's hilarious. I'm gonna watch that one. And then uh oh, two more, two more, two more. Uh what sport do you wish you played growing up? Yeah, man. Well, you played I them all because you in the Austin high school. Oh, yeah, for sure. You said what? I definitely played them all. Um, like so wish I played just to play it or wish I was like good at. Just a sport you wish you would have picked up when you were younger. I wish I'd have picked up golf. Mm-hmm. Just because it's actually no, I don't scratch that. I wish I picked up tennis. Oh, because that's something you can still play. Like people still play like a lot when they're older and stuff like that. And I don't have the patience for golf. I'm not gonna walk around for no 18 holes. Um, it was that, or I wish my dad would have made me a deep snapper. Um, because I'd have been I'd have been trying to be in the league for like 20 years, man, no concussions, <laughs> just on, be man. chilling. You run what 40, 42 40s during the year. Bro, I'm trying to be the only deep snapper invited to the combine. Like, all right, let me see if I can get these 225. <laughs> Crazy story about deep snapping. So, like, we had when I, where I live, we had a pole, uh, light, uh, yeah, light pole right in front of our house in the cul-de-sac. So I would go outside at night and I would just snap and I would just bing, 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 and I snapped it like this. But my coach wanted me to snap it like this, which is the correct way, like you're passing it. And it messed up, like I was, it messed me up and I was at high tower. And I, I'll never forget the last time I snapped the ball. It was, we were playing Hastings. I think it was my sophomore year, maybe my junior year. And I looked at the punter and I'm sitting and I could see, like literally, as I said, I could see his face and he winks. I'm like, bro, he about to do something crazy. So I'm like, I got to give him the best snap ever. So I literally 
snap it. It hits him like it's going right here, which he kind of like does like the oh, like like it was to the side. He tries to run for the first down, and uh, I'm talking about four hasting bears knocked him out. Like I mean, he got rocked. And then here I am, of course. And guess who gets chewed out by the coach? Me, because I was a bad. I was like, it wasn't a bad snap. Go watch the right. Now I'm talking back to coaches. And, oh yeah, that's a wrap. You, that's that a wrap. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Last question: uh, How can our um, uh, audience or our, our group, uh, people listening, how can they find you and support you? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Kevin Washington. You can find me on Instagram at kevwash six three zero, and then I'll have a couple of things website coming up soon. Just so I can, like you talked about with performance piece, I want to help all our professionals connect what they believe and how they perform. And so they can be looking for that on the on the lookout. They can be on the lookout for that. But right now, Instagram, you can hit me. And then LinkedIn, you can hit me. Man, we'd love to connect with anybody that wants to. Perfect, perfect. That is it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for ending season four, our last podcast episode. Because you all that are, that are watching next week, we are going live. 100 tips of player development. Yes, 100. 100 tips. 100. I, I, 100. I hope my battery can last that long. I'm going to try and stay concise and get it within an hour and a half. But Kev, appreciate all you do uh, for so many, man. It's been a blessing in my life. Uh, me and Cree personally, because our relationship with you and Jordan. Um, just appreciate you, all you've done, man. And thank you for joining the pod. We finally got it done. <laughs> hey, finally, man. I finally got to the big leagues. I appreciate you having me on, my guy. It's been a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. We'll see y'all.